May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Merry Christmas! My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the Senior Pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our Candlelight Christmas Eve service, one of my favorite services of the entire year. I love it when we get to do this. You know, there's sometimes things that happen in life that, you know, just doesn't really seem to make much sense. Um, For instance, my family, when we grew up, we grew up with dogs, okay? We didn't grow up with cats. We never had a cat. I never really wanted a cat. And besides, I'm really allergic to cats. I mean, it's not like I, I don't hate cats. Like, I just don't have any use for a cat. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, so when Amy and I started dating, guess what she had as a pet? A cat. I'm like, are you kidding me, God? Really? I mean, here, I'm dating this beautiful woman, and she has a beautiful cat. And she doesn't have just like a, like a regular old kitty cat, okay? She's got a silver-haired Persian cat, okay? I mean, this cat's hair is so, it's like Rapunzel long. I mean, it's like huge. It's the kind of cat that sends somebody with an allergy, like running for the hills, okay? So anyway, that's the cat she's got. And so, you know, one day, Amy and I were talking, and uh, so I said to her, I was like, hey, Amy, let's just say, hypothetically, that, um, that you started, like, seriously dating someone that was allergic to cats, let's just say. Um, And let's say you eventually had to make a choice between the cat and this other person. Like, what do you think you might do? She looked at me with that, don't you cross me, look in her eyes. It's a look my kids know well. So she looked at me like that, and she said, well, I'll tell you what I would do. I would pray that God would change that person's so that he would not be allergic to my cat. (laughs) And she said, let me tell you, one Christmas, my parents gave me a choice that they would either buy me a couch for my apartment, or they would buy me a cat. I chose the cat. So does that give you a clue? I was like, ooh. I mean, I knew, like, at that point in time in our relationship, like, she would choose the cat. Like, I would be out. Like, it was, there was no question what would happen. But we kept dating, and things, you know, developed, and, you know, push came to shove. We got married. So anyway, so I remember after we got married, I'm sitting on the couch, um, petting the cat, <clears throat> and as I'm petting the cat, I'm thinking, God, I cannot believe that you answered her prayer that I'm no longer allergic to this cat. And I wasn't. And now her parents had a cat exactly the same breed. I was like mega allergic to that thing. I mean, there wasn't enough Benadryl in the house to cure me of what ailed me after an hour. But I mean, this cat, totally not allergic to it. And so I'm thinking, Lord, of all the prayers that you would answer, that's the one that you would say yes to? 
I mean, seriously, of all the things that you could have said, this is what you said yes to. I mean, there's just some things in life that, that just don't make sense. And get this, when, um, when Amy got pregnant with our first baby and, you know, we, you know, had babies for like the next, did baby stuff like for the next three years, guess who had to clean the litter box out for three years? Yeah, that's right, Mr. Allergy right here. And when the cat's kidneys stopped working, guess who had to give the cat an IV twice a day and cuddle with it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, there was so much about that whole deal that didn't make any sense. I'm telling you. Now look, <clears throat> this whole deal about life not making sense, it's kind of funny when it comes to things like cats, right? But sometimes it gets to be bigger stuff. Like when you come home and the you know, washing machine has leaked all over the floor and who knows how much damage that's going to be. And sometimes it's a lot bigger stuff. Like when a family member gets in a car wreck or when someone receives a bad diagnosis. Well, what do we do then? I mean, when life deals us a blow and things happen that we just simply don't understand, well, then what do we do? Because sometimes those bigger issues, they've got a bigger chance of totally derailing our lives. Because when those types of things happen, it can make life seem so unfair, so out of control. Like everything in life is just a random chance. And it can make us doubt God. It can make us doubt his existence, doubt his goodness, doubt that he even cares. And this question of trying to make sense of life when life doesn't make sense has been asked for thousands of years. In fact, it was asked 2,000 years ago by a young carpenter and his fiancée, Mary and Joseph. Now, for those of us that know the story of Mary and Joseph, you know, looking back on what happened to them with the birth of baby Jesus, like, it all makes perfect sense. But for Mary and Joseph, while it was all going on, none of it made sense. And so their response when life didn't make sense gives us great direction of how we can respond when life doesn't make sense. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. And let's begin by asking the question, what should I do when life doesn't make sense? What should I do when life doesn't make sense? Look at the story of Mary and Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. And he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. I mean, are you... Are you getting what's going on here? I mean, look, you probably understand the facts, but do you really understand 
what they were experiencing. You know, here's Mary, a young woman who saved herself for her wedding day, okay? She's met the love of her life, Joseph, and they're engaged. And her reputation is spotless. In fact, she's probably looked on in the town as a model young woman for purity and godliness. But then something happens to her that doesn't make sense. She's told by God that she's going to become pregnant, and not in the usual way, and not after she's already married. And so she knows she's going to lose her reputation. She knows that other women in the town are going to talk about her. She knows that there's a very real chance that Joseph is going to break this thing off. I mean, you want to talk about life not making sense that comes with a very high price tag. I'm telling you, this is it. And then there's Joseph. I mean, he saved himself for Mary. And so when she becomes pregnant, I mean, Joseph is wrecked. And Sure enough, he does decide that he's going to break this thing off because he doesn't really believe her story of, you know, well, God made me pregnant. And so, but the thing is, Joseph's a good guy. And he loves God and he loves Mary. So he decides that he's not going to make a big issue of this thing. He's going to just break it off quietly and not make a public spectacle. But then something happens to him that doesn't make sense. He has a dream. And in this dream, an angel comes to visit him and says, Hey, Joseph, by the way, this baby really is from God. And you're to go and marry this girl. And to Joseph, that doesn't make any sense. Because that's not what he had in mind to do. That doesn't seem to, you know, be a really good idea in his frame of thinking. And... He's supposed to name this kid Jesus. Now, Jesus means the Lord saves, but I'm telling you, Joseph, he would not have understood that Jesus was going to be the savior of the world. Jesus was actually just a pretty popular name of the day. And so none of that would have dawned on him. So, but having this dream, seeing the angel, asking him to go ahead and marry her, I mean, the whole thing just didn't make sense. But here, look, here's what I want you to notice. That even though none of it made sense to either one of them, both of them continued to follow God. Mary maintained her commitment to follow God even though she was enduring the scandalous looks of almost every other woman in the town. Joseph continued to follow God even though he could overhear conversations of other men wondering who the real father was. Both of them maintained their commitment to follow God regardless of what was happening. Let me ask you, is that true of you? When things happen in life that don't make sense, would someone else say of you that you're committed to follow God no matter what? Would that be true? I can tell you, I've heard it before. People have come to me and said, you know what, Mike? when I was nine years old, my sister died and I stopped following God. I just turned away from him. When I was 15 years old, my parents divorced 
And I quit going to church and I've never been back since. When I was in college, my dad got cancer and died. And I turned my back on God. You know, and for your story, the timeline might be different. The specific details might be different, but the story is almost always the same. At this time in my life, something happened that didn't make sense, and so I just turned my back on God and walked away. You know, when things happen in life that just don't make sense, how committed are you to following God no matter what? Let me ask you, are you committed to following him when it feels like he's not very committed to you? Because look, here's the deal. If you don't make a commitment, if you don't really resolve that you're going to follow God when things do make sense, then you won't follow God when things don't make sense. So you have to make that commitment now. You know, and sometimes, you know, you can look back on something that happened and then it makes sense, you know, later on when you're looking back on it. I mean, I th again, I think about Mary and Joseph. You know, for Mary... It took more than 30 years for her to be able to look back on the birth and for her to really understand the fullness of what happened. Because 30 years later, it wasn't until after Jesus was resurrected from the dead that Mary fully understood that Jesus really was the Savior of the whole world. 30 years. Now for Joseph, he never understood that. Because sometime after Jesus' 12th birthday, Joseph dies. So Joseph never heard Jesus preach a sermon. He never saw Jesus perform a miracle. He never understood the circumstances around the birth. Not like Mary came to at some point in time. You know, and for you, something might have happened in your past, and you might, looking back on it, it might make sense to you right now. It might make sense later on. It might not ever make sense like it did, never made sense for Joseph. And you might have come here today maybe just to give God one last chance. Or maybe because it's Christmas Eve, you thought my, this might be the time to go. Maybe you got invited by a friend. Maybe you responded to something you got in the mail. Regardless, it doesn't matter. I'm glad you're here. Because here's the thing. God orchestrated it for you to be here tonight. He wanted you to be here for a reason. Because this is God reaching out to you and say, you know what, just trust me. Even though life might not always make sense, just trust me. Trust me like Mary did. Trust me like Joseph did. Just trust me. Would you be willing to make a commitment to trust God and be committed to following him even when life doesn't make sense? Would you make that commitment today? Now there is a second thing that we can do and that is this. Number two, become a Christ follower this Christmas Eve. Become a Christ follower. Look, if, you, if you've never become a Christ follower before or maybe you have doubts, maybe you doubt whether you're really a Christ follower, whether you really go to heaven. Let me just say this, that just because things that happen just because things, that, things happen in life that don't make sense doesn't mean that following God is nonsense. Because sometimes things happen that they are a result of what God has orchestrated, and sometimes they're not. So let's talk for just a moment about something that we know for sure that God has done that makes no sense. 
the one thing that we know for sure that God has done that literally makes no sense at all is sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for mankind. Because look, think about it. As God looked down on the earth, here was mankind just disobeying God's laws, not following his, God, his rules, not following what the Bible says, and they really seem to be okay with it because they just kept on doing it. And so what does God do? Does God, you know, send lightning bolts down and just, you know, eliminate everybody? No. Does God send, you know, a disease and just wipe out humanity for their sins? No. What does he do? He sends Jesus to die for humanity so that their sins could be forgiven. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, do you, do you hear how nonsensical that sounds? I mean, think about it. If you only had one son or one daughter, would you ever allow your child to be captured, beaten, tortured, and nailed to a piece of wood until dead? Would you ever allow that to happen? No parent would. But God did. God allowed Jesus to be captured, beaten, tortured, and then nailed to a cross until he died. Why? I mean, why would any father stand back and let that happen to his son? I mean, there's no earthly father or mother that would ever allow that to happen to their child. So why would God do it? I mean, is it because God didn't love his son? No. God loved Jesus very much. But he also loved you very much. And so he allowed his son to be crucified on a cross so that his sacrifice could pay the price for your sin and for mine. It's kind of like this Christmas present. Let's just say that this Christmas present represents God's forgiveness. Now, in order to buy this present for you, God had to allow his son, Jesus, to be sacrificed on a cross. And so this is a very, very expensive gift. But if you were to receive it, then you would also receive God's forgiveness for everything you've ever done wrong. And you would also be able to go to heaven when you die. Because otherwise, without God's forgiveness, you would have no way to get to heaven on your own. Because you don't get to heaven by being good. That's nowhere in the Bible. The Bible never says you get to heaven by being good. In fact, if you, the only way for you to get to heaven on your own is to be perfect for your whole life. Well, that's not any of us. So we have to be able to get to heaven a different way. Well, the only other way to get to heaven is Jesus. You see, Jesus is God reaching out to you so that you could then have a way to get to heaven when you die and have a relationship with him while you're here on this earth. 
And that's what makes Christianity so unique because Christianity is the only religion in the entire world where it's not some version of man working their way to get to God. It's God sacrificing himself to reach out to man. And that doesn't make any sense. It makes a lot more sense for man to try to work their way to God, which is what everybody else in the world tries to do. But it's really God reaching out to us to provide a way for us to get to him. And God gives you an entire lifetime to make one decision, one, to accept his son's sacrifice as forgiveness for your sins. So if you've never accepted that gift, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you and then promised to follow him, do it today. Do it right now. Become a Christ follower. There's no reason for you to hesitate. Because you know, here's the thing, the gift is free. You don't have to do anything to try to earn it. Now, there is an expectation that once you receive the gift, that out of inc- your incredible gratitude for being forgiven and being able to go to heaven when you die and having a relationship with God while you're here on this earth, that you would live your life for him. So there is an expectation of transformation that you would allow God to begin to transform you. And that's what being a Christ follower is all about. So if you've never become a Christ follower before, but you're ready to do that, then there's a sample prayer written for you right here in your message notes. I want you to look at it. If you've never prayed this prayer before, I want you to do it today. Now I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read it out loud. I just want you to follow me so that you'll know what you would be agreeing to, what you'd be praying So just follow along with me as I read it, and then I'm going to give those of you that are ready a chance to pray it in just a couple minutes. The prayer goes like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me, even when I've ignored you and gone my own way. I believe in you and that you died on the cross for me. Please forgive me for all my sins. I commit to changing my ways and following you right now. Thank you for making me a new person inside. Help me grow in my faith and trust in you. Amen. Now, if you're ready to pray that prayer for the first time in your life, I'm going to give you a chance to do that here in just literally two minutes. But I want everyone in the room to go ahead and pull out your connection card, and I want you to look at the next steps on the back. I'm going to give everybody a chance to respond to God. So I want you to check the next step or steps that you're willing to take today. Maybe it's this first one. I resolve to follow God even when life doesn't make sense. Would you do that? Would you make that commitment? Next. I commit to start coming to church regularly in 2014. Because maybe, you know, you haven't come to church in a long time. I tell you, we'd love to have you on Sunday. Make a commitment to start coming to church regularly, to develop that relationship with God. We have three services, 9, 10, 20, and eleven forty, to make it easy on your schedule. Services are only one hour long. Would you make a commitment to start coming to church regularly in 2014? Next, I will read the entire Christmas story with my family this Christmas. The story is found in Matthew chapter 1 and also in Luke chapter 2. And I would encourage you, start with the Luke passage because as far as the timeline, it just makes more sense. So, Would you read that as a family so you can maintain your focus on Christ and not just on everything else? Or maybe it's this last one. I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today 
for the first time in my life. If you're ready to pray that prayer, then I want you to do that. I want you to do it right now. In fact, I want everybody to pray. I'm gonna give everybody a chance in this room to do business with God. So whatever next step you've taken, I want you to take these moments and pray and commit yourself to following through and asking God for the strength to follow through. And if you're ready to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to pray that prayer. So everybody right now, bow your head. And I want you to take these next moments and pray and do business with God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.